going to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Welcome to it. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, and it's a very special edition of the show. I didn't know this was going to happen until a few days ago, and I love the idea. Ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between, my brother is in the studio. Everybody, welcome Will Clark. Hello, hello. No, the buttery one downstairs, Rick Peters. <laughs> Rockin' hits. Um, he was just saying to us, I introduce you to our boss, and Rick was just saying that we both sound ex- almost exactly the same. Yeah, we've got that that timber. Well, and people keep saying that, like, I'm putting on a radio voice, and I think my voice has changed a little bit, but not really. No, not too much. A little deeper, a little more. You definitely have a cadence. Yeah. Yeah, you get used to it. One of my groomsmen even said that your delivery reminded them of Dan Carlin. Yeah, the guy came up to me after the best man speech Mm -hmm. and said that to me. And I was like, well, I do listen to Dan Carlin. It's a funny thing people don't realize. It's whatever you eat, whatever you watch, whatever you listen to, it does influence you. Oh, for sure. It definitely influences you. So, But you're... I mean, it's, you've been back a few days, but you're right off the heels of a honeymoon. Yeah, man. It, it's weird to be back in the swing of things, but, you know, coming back, it feels good to finally be back, be back at work. I mean, the honeymoon was incredible. You uh, were telling me that you, you know, you're looking forward to the honeymoon and all, everything, but you're almost more looking forward to, like, just normal. Yeah. Be back normal with the new life. The new life started. Yeah. Relax. I was excited about the wedding, but I was excited about the marriage, I think, a little bit more. Yeah. It just, it feels, people ask, you know, how do you feel? Is it different? It's like, you know, slightly different, but it's hard to quantify exactly, exactly what the feeling is. Um, You know, the honeymoon was much needed. I think by the end of it, we were a little bit bored, which (laughs) one of Caroline's family members said that that's the sign of a good vacation by well, the end of it you gotta be a little bit bored well let's paint the picture for folks out there who don't know what we're talking about you i was gone for a week and i was gone for a week from the show because you were getting married to your new wife now caroline mm-hmm. my new sis yeah <laughs> i still kind of just it's weird i'm excited about it yeah like just being able to say that and uh technically my new brother-in-law yeah i've uh, been texting with gray it's just cool to have... I really meant what I said in the best man speech. Like, family's becoming a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, really cool. So we were in upstate New York where she grew up, Saratoga Springs. Yep. The wedding went off beautifully. We can get into that a little bit. For, I, I haven't had the chance to talk to you. I mean, yeah. the last time I saw you, we were both a, a few sheets to the wind and having fun. So Maybe a little bit. I, that was one of the dumbest things I've ever done, by the way. What? Staying out. I honestly wondered if you made your flight. I did. Yeah. I got about two hours sleep. Dad said he called you a few times. Yeah. But you got up. (laughs) 
I know. I, I got up. I know when I got to be somewhere, I got to be somewhere. But I stayed out because that's what we're doing. Yeah. But it was uh, it was an interesting night. So I haven't had really. We've talked on the phone. We've texted a little bit. But I kind of wanted you to have your space. So we'll get to the wedding if you want to go back into that. But after the wedding, y'all go on your honeymoon. Where was the honeymoon? It's Victoria, Canada. So if anybody doesn't know where that is, it's actually just across the bay or the, the inlet from Vancouver. So we fly into Vancouver. We're thinking about renting a car, but decide against it. And, you know, take taxis to get to a ferry, which is about an hour and a half ferry from Vancouver to Victoria hmm. or to the, the Vancouver Island. And then another 30-minute taxi to the actual downtown proper of Victoria. Uh, the ferry is incredible. I thought it was going to be, I don't know what I thought the ferry was going to be. But it was, you know, full of shops and some nice places to sit and have food and just gorgeous scenery as you're going through this inner harbor in British Columbia. Nice. And then you get to Victoria and just a beautiful little city, not a ton of people. But you look out across the inner harbor right there and you're seeing these huge mountains and you realize that it's the Olympic Mountains in Washington. So you're literally looking at the states. Yeah. As you look from downtown. That did strike me as odd. And it, it traveling, especially by plane, but once we're up there in New York, going from Dad and I are in the Uber from Albany to Saratoga Springs, and I see on the interstate signs, Montreal, mm-hmm. like 150 miles. I'm like, That's so bizarre, mm-hmm. seeing it from that perspective. And you forget that the Great White North, I guess yesterday was Canada Day. Yeah, apparently. And uh, it really is influential. Like, I felt like, you know, it it's really is your next-door neighbor when you're in upstate New York or you're in Washington State. And the influence Canada, I was yesterday, because it was Canada Day, looking at all, of, like, the famous people from Canada yeah. and all the influence. Like, for a nation of 30 million people, it's mostly rural and very cold. Yep. They have a lot of pull. Yeah, I think it's like something like 75% of the people that live in Canada live within 100 miles of the border. Yeah, well, they and, should. <laughs> I mean, people like Ryan Reynolds are from Vancouver and a, a bunch of other notable people. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of the same, but at the same time, very marked differences, especially in some of the social initiatives that they've taken. You right. cannot get a plastic bag at any kind of store, a grocery store. Hmm. You, They ask you if you would like a paper bag, and they tell you that it's 15 cents. Uh, just small things that they've done in that direction. I know Caroline grew up recycling much more than we've yeah. ever been used to recycling, and Canada is right there with it. I mean, the recycling bins are about three times bigger than the actual trash can. <laughs> the trash can's tiny. Yeah. I mean, they're moving really forward in that green directive. Um, but other than that, the people were you know, naturally nice. Everything sure. you hear about the Canadians being really nice, it was true. Um, but it was also cool to see a bunch of different people getting off cruise ships because Victoria is a huge cruise stop for people that cruise to Alaska. Sure, yeah. Um, they go see the Bouchard Gardens up in the north part of the island, which we went and saw. They go see orcas, which, you know, if you're in that part of the world, or you can see a lot of orcas anywhere. Nice. Um, like killer whales. Yeah. 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 Smart yeah. creatures. They're insanely smart. Yeah. It makes you step back and go, I thought we were the only intelligent life. I think there's something going on with them and dolphins. Yeah. There's something going on. Or men mollusks and octopus, too. Mollusks? Yeah, I think so. They're smart? I think so. Shellfish? Well, no, not those type of shellfish. There's some type of shellfish that is very intelligent. Like, it can adapt like an octopus to its environment very quickly. Huh. 
No, no, I'm just fascinated by all that stuff where these creatures are incredibly intelligent, but they don't speak like us, as far as we know. They can't communicate. They're not self-conscious in the way we think we are, but what the hell do we know? I mean, the last week or two, uh, because of the Bob Lazar interview with Joe Rogan... Haven't seen it yet. It's very good. Very good. And you know how I am. I'm usually skeptical about this crap. Mm-hmm. Um, it's There's some things he said in 1989 that have now just independently, scientists working on stuff, new stuff being declassified from the government, that, well, turns out was true. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole story doesn't mean everything's true, but it got me thinking about, okay, life on other planets. What is life like on this planet that we don't yet understand? I think the ocean is just as much unexplored as space, and there are two final frontiers, if that's even possible. Um, So, with the honeymoon, did you all have like a bunch of, like a big itinerary of things you wanted to go do, or was it more relaxed and enjoy your company? You know, we we thought about doing the whole planet a bunch thing but you know as you know working at the travel agency in the past i always told couples look don't over plan your honeymoon you're going to end up not going to do something mm-hmm. so we had an idea of some of the things we wanted to go do and we did a good job checking them off you know we went to get a spa day at the fairmont their really famous hotel it was a normal spa it wasn't like big burly hairy men hitting you with leaves or anything no okay no, good. definitely not no leaves i'm sure there were burly hairy men but they asked us, you know, do you have a gender preference? And we're like, both wanted a female. So oh, nice. Yeah. It, it was amazing. And then ate at that restaurant uh, the night after. The One of the best meals I've ever had. Well, hold on. Let me back up real quick. You requested a female masseuse? Yeah. Why would you? I would do the same thing. Don't get me wrong. Every time I've gotten a massage, it's been a female masseuse. They don't always speak the same language. They don't speak of the English. But, uh... Why would you never, would you have a man massage you? I mean, you can talk uh, about this stuff. You're a married man now. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have an issue with it, I guess. I, when they asked me my preference, I really didn't think about it much. I was like, I, you know. I mean, but there's got to be the worry, though, that, I mean, a massage feels good. And you have your eyes closed most of the time, and your head down in that little, you know, receptacle. It feels very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Maybe you relax a little too much. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, what? Oh, I no. didn't worry about that too much with the <laughs> quality of service that the Fairmont offers, even if it was a guy if he did it. But I don't know. Honestly, the biggest thought in my head was I knew at some point in the massage there was going to be a head-scratching portion. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. And I honestly thought I wanted female nails. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, a woman's touch. Maybe that was the only thing I was thinking about. Oh, that's fine. Anyway, after the massage, you said, what else well, did y'all do? we did the dinner at the same hotel. Okay. Incredible. Uh, the most I've ever spent on dinner. Um, then whale watching, gardens, uh, walked around this little street called Cook Street, which is incredible, and just w- walked around and got to see a bunch of Victoria. Very walkable. I mean, I kind of called an audible at the last minute that didn't really want to do a rental car, and I'm glad that we didn't. We could have been everywhere. Yeah. We could have walked everywhere. I mean, downtown was a mile away. So we walked back and forth between downtown probably seven, eight times. And driving just would have been a headache. Was there anything that was like a true culture shock other than the, the very green recycling initiatives? Not really. I mean, there was definitely a more broad, more broadcasted French oh, okay. feel to the, to the city. Uh, maybe not as much as something like Montreal or anything in Quebec, but you know it, it was assumed that it was assumed enough in establishments that there are people that's 
speak French. So it was everything that was in English had a slash, and then it was set in French. Okay. Not really any culture shocks. I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, not much difference. between. So it was a good thing, though, by the end of the trip, you were both bored. Not with each other, but just like, what are we doing up here? Let's just go home. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, because, you know, we drove up to New York. And you had to drive back. And we had to fly back on a red eye at 1040 at night. From Vancouver, got to Atlanta at like six something in the morning, a couple hours layover, fly back up to Albany, which really sucks when you're in Atlanta and you're like, I have to leave. Right. And then go, go back, back up there. Um, got back to Saratoga and kind of took that day to chill out, pack things up, get things straight, and then get back in the car. And when you had the dog, you had the yeah, red we, and fuzzy big booty Buddha. We had Gimli. Yeah. And uh, on the way up there, we sedated him uh, with. Uh, some things we got from the vet because we didn't know how he would be. He didn't sleep. He was just panting the entire time. He oh, just seemed wow. super groggy. Yeah. But he did well um, on the way down. And we broke it up on the way down. We we went the entire drive in one shot on the way up and decided there's no point doing that coming back. Right. Now, does it feel any different? I, you know, not really. I think of the moments when you're sitting at home. And we look at each other in those moments, it maybe feels a little bit different. <laughs> right. Yo, you're my wife. Oh, yeah. You're my husband. We don't have to think about the wedding. We don't have to think about the minute details of a day. Yeah. We now get to think in the broad strokes sure. of a life. Well, and you get the day-to-day. And yeah. Now, you uh, you mentioned, and I wanted to bring this up with you because I was actually um, very much touched by uh, both of your y'all did the traditional vows, but you also did the your own personalized written vows. Yeah, and uh, you know I came into the probably one of the best guitar solos Prince ever did, Computer Blue. Oh yeah, I discovered this re- this podcast recently called Peach and Black, um, where it's a bunch of Australian nerds, Prince nerds, and they review albums and all this stuff. So. It, with the, I guess, 35th anniversary of Purple Rain last week, I started doing a deep dive, kind of revisiting that music and all this stuff. And there's actually a line in the song I think most people who aren't even big Prince fans know, let's go crazy. Mm. Um, the, the second verse is, we're all excited, we don't know why, maybe it's because we're all going to die. And when we do, what's it all for? Better live now before the Grim Reaper comes knocking on your door. And you're thinking in this, like, party exuberant rock and roll song like what the hell is that line doing in there (laughs) you know but there's something you said in your vows and i'm paraphrasing here i didn't have them i don't have them memorized well neither did y'all y'all read them right i mean i think some folks just go way too overboard and like y'all i think i watch both of you carefully uh during the week y'all both seem actually pretty relaxed pretty chill I didn't see any Bridezilla moments from Caroline. No. Um, everything was great. It, and it was an incredible day, an incredible wedding. Uh, I thought everything went really well. But you said something about the importance of laughter. And then you brought it back later. About the importance of laughter in, like, the toughest times. So you want more days of celebration and great moments and all the joy and happiness of life. But... You do realize, and it, it reminded me of that line in the Prince song, kind of all hit me last night when I was really doing that deep dive again, that everything in life, like the happiest thing, you're so excited, there's always a balance. Like, doctor, it's another line from the song, doctor, everything will be all right, we'll make everything go wrong. 
that if you think, oh, life is always wedding days and you know, first baseball games and all these big events, oh, you're you're going to get ready for a big wake up call. That yeah. things aren't always great, but I loved that you brought that touch to it of have laughter even in the worst moments. I mean, appropriate laughter. You don't want to pull like a Chandler Bing and somebody hugs you at a funeral, you like make a fart sound. <laughs> but you you know what I mean. Where did that come from? What made you think of that? Well, honestly, it had to do with us. Yeah. You know, and after, after mom had passed away, uh, it was what you and I did. I don't know if you've told listeners before, but what the very first thing we did when we got home after the the wake and the lines of people coming up saying yeah. all the platitudes that they have and you know we because people don't know what to say in a situation I, like that. exactly exactly they don't and not that i judge them for saying any no. of them but the fact that we go home and the very first thing that we do is go upstairs and you turn on george carlin yeah it kind of hit me i was like what are we going to do now and yeah. yeah we put on his last special it's called it's bad for you i think it came out in 2008 and i thought of it because there's this whole section where he talks about, like, he's old, all his friends, and he's going to a lot of funerals. Yeah. And he talks about the platitudes. So, yeah. Okay. And, he, he, you know, everybody comes up to you and says, well, you know, if there's anything, anything I can do for you, please just let me know. And his view on it is, well, okay. Put them I've to got some gutters that need cleaning. <laughs> Put them to work. Put them to work. <laughs> See what they say. The See cr- what they're made of. The crapper's full upstairs. Here's a plunger. <laughs> and watch their face twist. As they get stuck in a promise. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, we wouldn't say that to anybody like that. But that... Oh. Well, that's why it's funny, though. Yeah. Nobody would ever say that, Honestly, really. that launched, since then, a borderline obsession with comedy. Okay. You and I both listen to Rogan all the time, and... I'm big on your mom's house and their whole yep. network of shows now. This is what I do. Folks who don't know, I do pay attention to the news. I mean, today's news cycle, ladies and gentlemen, is just crap. It really is. Okay, AOC's saying things about the border detention facilities. I would definitely say they're not ideal. And I can back that up, not with my own assessment, because I haven't been there, but Congress just passed a bill for humanitarian aid to the border facilities worth over $4 billion. So I think everybody recognized, we got some issues here. Yeah. But now we're going to make a hysterical example out of things that can't really be verified. It's kind of the news. Oh, by the way, there are 14 Russian sailors died today. Where? This will get your conspiracy mind going. They were a crew on a super secret, and really there isn't much known about this particular submarine, but it's a like a deep sea research submarine. Apparently it has the capability to dock in the water with a fuller capacity submarine with like weapons it can dock underneath it on the belly but apparently a fire broke out 14 russians died and it can only only hold 25 is our best estimate based on the size of this type of sub so more than half their crew dies putin calls a huge meeting at the kremlin and then all of a sudden people, including Matt Drudge on the Drudge Report, is making the connection. And Mike Pence was called back from his his scheduled town hall meeting in Salem, New Hampshire, about the opioid crisis. Why was Pence called back for unclarified emergency? <laughs> this is how silly the news is today. 
I mean, we don't know. They're not going to tell you why Pence was called back. Yes, we'll find out. But so because the news is often crap, folks, and a lot of the same stories that are important will be there tomorrow. I often to unwind, not only listen to things like Prince and but all sorts of comedy podcasts. And sometimes those podcasts are Rogan's shows all over the place. It's why he has millions and millions and millions of people listening to him. Because it really is just a hangout and a great conversation. But um, we can go back and forth and kind of give people podcast suggestions. I love the Your Mom's House show. Absolutely love it. Now, it's not safe for work. No. <laughs> it is not safe for work at all. Definitely not. But they've actually branched out into this whole network of shows. Yeah. They've got Dr. Drew. Have you watched much of that one? Yeah. I love that one. It's great. I just watched the Seth Green one. Yes. Yes. That's the one I was talking about earlier today. Most of those shows with Dr. Drew are what you think about him from his Loveline days. Where he's... And those shows are... I love listening to those old love lines and radio shows. It's great. Because people don't often, especially in public and on a radio show, I have the experience of don't call in and talk about all their their sex problems right. or their perversions or their weird ailments or whatever. But that's the type of show it is. Addiction issues. And it's usually very funny because these are awkward things and it's humorous. But I'm sure you noticed on that Seth Green episode, he got really serious. Yeah, he did. The homeless problem in Los Angeles? Yeah, and I didn't realize uh, what really was the issue. I always bought into, because I know a few people out in California living in like San Francisco who have written about the housing problem. There is a housing problem because of zoning and different other policies out there. The cost of housing has been you know, skyrocketing because they've been artificially restricting the supply of housing. And some of that is gentrification or whatever. Certain people want to price out other types of people from their neighborhoods. But it really is just, there is a housing problem. The cost of living out there is ridiculous, in particular in San Francisco. But what Dr. Drew pointed out that I didn't realize, and this is what I love. You tune in for a comedy podcast, some interesting, insightful talk about you know weird things people ask Dr. Drew. And he really laid out what I didn't know. Apparently, after California was ordered, I believe by the feds, and then they did it on their own accord in the state, they released all sorts of people from prison. And this, I think, folks here in Alabama could somewhat apply. We're not as bad as California's prison system, but we should worry about this. And I'm not usually one to advocate for government programs, not necessarily doing that now, but this is a problem we should all pay attention to, mental health. Mm -hmm. And what Dr. Drew is essentially claiming is that you know, it's one thing to be homeless because you lost a job or you tried to make it out here in California and you're falling hard times. But there are a lot of programs for those types of people who really want to do better. And they often do get back on their feet and do well. He's, he said that when he looks at the tent cities, he sees all the people he has treated over 30 years of experience. Mental health issues. Many of them who shouldn't have been in prison but should have been in a, a mental hospital. Yeah. And then he throws in this doozy. I hadn't heard this. The Black Plague. Well, he said the just plague. I don't know. He said the Black Plague. The, I don't, I don't the plague. Think it's, yeah, it's not bubonic plague. But You're right. With the skyrocketed population of rats. He said something like 12 million rats now being in Los Angeles. That is the vehicle for disease to spread oh, yeah. throughout all different populations. Yeah. And the homeless are... 
the secondary vehicle being around places where rats are going to be. And it's just like there are all sorts of problems all over the world. And yes, what's going on on the border is not ideal. And in many cases, I try to see the human story. So like, why would somebody flee Central America to risk their lives to come here? Why would they give up their children to coyotes and all this sort of thing? Um, but when you look in our own cities in the United States, and this is going on, and that's now a threat, and it really is an issue that I think touches on everything from homelessness to poverty to gun violence and kind of mass violent events, it goes back to mental health and people, I don't know just needing that basic treatment. I, I know people have had you know health issues in that regard, and they're just people. They just have an issue, and they need a little bit of help. Yeah. And for it to be so bad out in California that you now have these massive tent cities housing thousands of people, and I use housing very loosely there, it, you should bring pause to everybody, and more than just oh, a political point about the Democrats. It, this is a human problem, yeah. and resources and people should be brought to bear on it but i got off on a long tangent there what other podcasts you're always by the way you're a medical device salesman yeah so you are always on the road yep so you have plenty of time to listen to these podcasts what else do you listen to we've covered brogan and your mom's house um you know in that same studio as your mom's house that honeydew podcast with ryan sickler it's kind of cool yeah bringing the dark moments to light and trying to make fun of it um really staying in the vein of mainly comedic podcasts for me being on the road so much it helps keep my mind loose Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's also filled up with calling colleagues or whoever else just to have an actual conversation Uh, but occasionally you know the stuff you should know uh, Dan Carlin not so much recently uh, but hardcore history yeah hardcore history um Things that just can keep my mind engaged. And yeah. most of the time, Rogan fulfills that space just because, like you said, his podcasts are so variant in what he talks about. I mean, there are times where he'll have very similar guests on repeatedly, and that's when I switch it up. But I know Caroline will make fun of me for how much I listen to Joe Rogan. You're such a bro, bro. Such a bro. But yeah. I heard someone say on the subreddit, or on Reddit, that... Uh, Joe Rogan is basically Oprah for dudes. (laughs) That's it. That really is it. And for folks to call him right-wing, it's something I think it's healthy that's happening, especially for young folks like us. I mean, you're now your late 20s. Mm. I'm 30. I think there's room for conversation. People don't feel at home in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. They are, and it's not just politics. They're looking for all sorts of people talking about different interests and interesting things in general happening in the world. And, you know, you did leave out a podcast you should have mentioned. I hope you're listening to On the Road. What's that? The Joey Clark Radio Hour. Oh, yeah. Of course. Please subscribe. Give it five stars. I've got it on my phone. I'll show okay. you. Okay. Okay. I believe you. SoundCloud. Yeah, I believe you. Okay. I believe you. No. Subscribe on Apple if that's the way subscribe you Subscribe on Apple. Okay. Yeah, give me five stars. I need it, folks. And if people can't listen forever, Go. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. It's on all that crap, all those platforms. Search for the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Subscribe. Give it a nice review, if you so please. And it will help me out because I'm, I'm really trying to pick up the game here online. I've not really promoted it online at all. 
Uh, but there's been some momentum built up without me even touching it or trying to promote it. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. You put in the time, you, you know, you think about the world, and I, I try to... Uh, I try to find new interesting angles. For instance, you talked about going to Canada. Mm-hmm. Did anybody offend your honor while you were up there? Offend my honor? Yeah. Anybody hit on your wife or anything? No. Well, because now, apparently, if you demand satisfaction and need to settle a score at a good old-fashioned duel, you can now do that based on a recent decision by the Canadian government. This week, the minister... Of Justice and Attorney General of Canada, Jody Wilson-Raybould, introduced legislation meant to update and modernize the criminal justice system. The pro, pro no, excuse me. <coughs> the proposed legislation would quote amend or repeal a number of provisions in the criminal code in order to ensure they are compliant with the charter and to make the law more relevant to our modern society. Several criminal code offenses that were enacted many years ago are no longer relevant or required today. Among those offenses, challenging someone to a duel. (laughs) That's so awesome. It's safe to say this is a timely update to the code and that many years might be an understatement. While they were issued infrequently during Canada's early settlement years, dual challenges did happen. It happened here in this country, too. I do love... Yeah, I mean, I don't particularly completely disagree with states that have mutual combat laws. Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe you want to prevent people from killing each other, but I'm not even necessarily against that. If you want to do that, it's a contract between you two. I'm, I'm not sold on that. I'm not. I'll be clear. Yeah, I'm not too sold on that either. I just mean, in certain states, I, I can't remember the ones that are. But Washington State, Washington. If a if a policeman is present, they can allow you to settle it. Yeah, and essentially, whoever hits the ground first and yeah. is essentially can't defend themselves anymore, you lose. Yeah, but they will. You can call an officer of the law. I've seen videos of it. Me too. And uh, say, hey, we want to settle a score and we want to fight. And they'll try to talk you out of it. Like, you sure? Yeah. Sure you want to do this? Come on, guys. You can settle this differently. You just walk away. Walk away. It's usually drunk people. Yeah. Just just walk away. And no, people will fight. An officer will watch. And as soon as somebody's about to get really hurt, he'll stop it and declare somebody the winner. And Well, it's more and more idiotic with the explosion of the UFC. Oh, yeah. So many no people. no idea if you're about to get in a scuffle with some dude that knows MMA. Right. Look at his ears. Has he got cauliflower ears? Right. Don't mess with a guy. Right. Well, and just in general, the idea of fighting people, like, I've never been, I've been in one fight, but it wasn't much of a fight, because the person who was fighting me, I loved and knew they were drunk, so I more was, like, bear-hugging them as they punched me. That's the extent of a fight I've been in. Sure. But, like, I don't get in fights. It just seems so, even if somebody does offend your honor, you have to really push me to get me to fight somebody. Yeah. Well, and also, I'll I'll tell you this. I worry that I don't have that that regulating impulse. They're like, okay, I've beaten this guy. Relax. Yeah. I worry that I'd be the guy at the bar who'll break a bottle and, like, kill somebody. You know what I mean? Like, it, it'll yeah. go zero to 100 fast. So it's like, let's not even tap into that aspect of me. It's good. You know, I've been working out more. I've been 
trying to understand my body and take care of myself more, especially as I get older. But I don't see the point of like settle, going out and looking for a fight. I've hung out with people like that, and I, it just doesn't make sense to me. No. You've no. ever been in a fight? Uh, maybe first grade. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that but, does happen early on. I, I was see, in a few of those, too. Outside of that, no. Not really. Yeah. I mean, I've always employed wit and trying to charm a person who's really mad at me. Disarm the situation. Yeah. It just, it, you know, first of all, I'm 5'8". I'm probably <laughs> not going to win any kind of fight. Right. Uh, unless it be called domestic abuse. Um, no. It's just, was, it's never been a dark joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it's just, it's not something in me. You know, it's yeah. just, it, yeah, you beat the guy up, you win. All right. Cool. I, I want to ask you now. It's fun. I can do the newlywed game with you. I wish Caroline was here. Does she like say we brought up your mom's house and they have all sorts of dirty, off-color humor? Does she like that sort of stuff? <laughs> Occasionally. Okay. Yeah. She's not to the extent that I do. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You're gonna have different tastes. Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't know that that is what entertains her for extended amounts of time. Okay, fair enough. She's more into mystery things. We listen to a mystery on the way back. Nice, okay. That it's really good. Yeah, is there like a form of entertainment y'all both are just like gung-ho for? Like, I can't wait till that comes out. Yeah, me too, honey. She, I will admit it as a somewhat guilty pleasure, she got me into the Bachelorette this year. Yeah? Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. It's a, you know, it's uh it, 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 it grabs you. Yeah? Yeah. And she's no, really. she's much more stoked for it than I am. But at the same time, I'd be lying if I said I, was, I wasn't. Is the Bachelorette a catch? Uh, yeah, sure. She's a southern Alabamian blonde girl, an ex-Miss Alabama. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Alabama shout out. Okay. Yeah, just the, the, the concept of the show I completely disagree with and think it's just asinine, but... Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be a contestant. Unless they were paying me money, I might do it for fun if somebody paid me money. Because I am a bachelor, so I don't think I'm much of a catch. But I don't have much money, so it's like, if you're going to pay me to be on the show, sure. You want me to be crazy? Yeah, and these guys go into it, and I think like the third or fourth place guy from that season ends up becoming the bachelor of the next season. Right. So you're almost signing up for two whole things. I don't know. Well, and I wonder how many of those actually work out. Caroline's, Caroline knows of one that seemed to be legitimately in love and are still together. Huh. Wow. But out of 15 seasons? Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't seem like the right scenario or situation no. to actually find somebody. Well, in that, there's always competition going on, no doubt, in the, the world of love and, and mating and getting together with people. Mating such a weird way to put it. But that is essentially what we're doing. We we vie for different partners. There are different things that people find attractive that you are being compared to other people whether it's explicit or not. But I think when it's made like this explicit game show, it's just it leads to bad behavior. Or yeah, you're forced to stay together with all of your competitors, hang out with them in a house, potentially become friends with a lot of them. I couldn't do that. Hey. But, well, I, what would happen to me is I wouldn't want to compete. You're like, yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll do my thing, but I'm not going to try to be undermine anybody else or that sort of crap. No, which is what keeps people watching it. 
do something like that this season. It's it's just I don't know. It frustrates you, but it keeps you into the show. It is amazing how long reality TV, reality and you know loosely said, it's amazing how long reality TV TV has lasted. I didn't think it was going to last for so long. No, neither did I. I think this is one of the last bastions of reality TV that everybody's obsessed with. Apparently they're cheaper to make than like a sitcom. Like with a sitcom, you really have to pay top dollar for actors, writers, showrunners, all that. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones, that's why it didn't keep going. It just costs a lot of money and the commitment of the actors. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Bachelorette, Bachelor, like, yeah, Yeah. we'll get a bunch of good-looking people that are willing to do stupid things on camera. Yeah. Oh, we can get into season eight of Game of Thrones. Oh, no. I don't know if I want to go there. You listen to the Joey Clark Radio Hour? Really, I'm just having a good time chatting with my brother, folks. If it's too inside baseball, well, I don't really care. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me this evening is my brother, the newlywed, Will. Will Clark. Hello, hello. And we have another family member on the phone. Do we now? Yeah. Our amazing aunt. Folks might remember her from her days on the local news here on WSFA. Kim. Hello, Aunt Kim. Now, you're concerned, though, about what we've been saying or talking. What's your big concern? I'm in the car with your Uncle Scott, and we are just going to dinner. I don't really ever get to hear you much, Joey, so we tune in, and I'm hearing my two smart, handsome nephews spend how many minutes talking about the bachelorette? I need y'all to talk about something more intellectual, such as reruns of The Office. That would be <laughs> much better. It's much better. Hilarious that you say that. <laughs> Caroline and I are, are literally in the middle of watching that in between our bachelorette benches, of course. Mm. <laughs> and also, I just have to say, first of all, Joey, yes, you are a catch, okay? No. So for all the ladies listening out there, he is. And... um also, you could be talking about that Will and Caroline shared, exchanged the most incredible personally written vows I have ever heard in a wedding. They were beautiful, Will. 
Thank you. Yeah, we uh, uh-huh. we touched on it a little bit at the beginning of the show. Um, I I have to admit it was uh, very touching. We got into, I love what Will said about keeping the laughter going even in the toughest times. I know, that's so important. So important. But y'all really showed a whole lot of wisdom for your age. There are a lot of couples that are much older than you two are who have never gotten to what you all said to one another, even in your face, and supporting one another in career choices and things like that. So that was wonderful. So I'm on this high, and then I tune in to hear the two of you talking about the bachelorette. <laughs> you got to go slumming sometimes, Aunt Kim. You know, yeah. I mean, it's well. it's fun to you know after being in, involved in such an amazing wedding and us exchanging those vows. It's fun to look at all these people and be like, look at these ridiculous people talking about <laughs> love that they think they're finding in what the span of four weeks. It's absolutely insane. That's true. Now y'all can sit back and say, "Hey, it for you. We have found true love." I'm not sure what's happening for you all on television. True. And uh, plus, Meg knows the Bachelorette, right? We have a mutual friend who knows the current Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah, I believe that she does. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So there is a little, you know, connection there for you. But your uncle's sitting here appalled that I would call you, but I said I needed to call. So you both hello. And next time I tune in, discussion on the office, even modern family, well, you know, and, but not the Bachelorette. And, and Kim, tell him that... <laughs> You can call any time, and I, I, my heart is warmed. I would have been appalled if he had called. You know. Okay, there you go. Hey, the only thing that stopped me from calling was your aunt was in the car. But listen, <laughs> the, the wedding was absolutely perfect except for the, the, the run-on toast from the best man. Who I think had been in the bar a little too long. Everything else was perfect. Uh, he also pulled out some good things, though, with that toast. He really did. It was all. It was just a great, great day. Really uh, we loved it. We love you both. We'll let you get back to more important brain-draining topics, okay? <laughs> love y'all. See y'all. Have a good day. Oh, wow. That's a nice... They don't call often. Usually, I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure sometimes they want to weigh in, but I think that you're here and we just... The whole family was there. That was the most... I mean, there was a lot of reasons, and I talked about it the day I got back. There were a lot of reasons it was moving, but one of them was like just seeing like all the family together. Yeah, all of a sudden, um, and I wish more people could have been there, but I understood why some people couldn't make it. Um, but just seeing all the cousins together—that was fantastic. Um, seeing like all the aunts and uncles, and like yeah, it, it was uh, it was such a special time, man. Really was. Yeah. Someone told me it's not going to happen again until we die. Right. Which, you know, I won't. Like some Buddhist crap? Like reincarnation? What? No. Oh, seeing every. Oh, seeing yeah, everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, I may not it's like see getting them married when I die, again after you die. No. Like, what is no, that? No. No, but yeah, it was, it was surreal looking back on it as far as all those people being together. Yeah. And I'd gotten a chance to know Caroline's family really well. Uh, they're great. That point. They're great. Yeah. And I love that there's an Alabama connection on that side exactly. of the family now, too. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, now, how was it from your perspective? Like I said, we didn't really get much of a chance to talk, and we were in party mode. I mean, everything go pretty smoothly, in your opinion? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I... I you guys asked me a couple times during, like, the day of the wedding, like, how you feeling? And I was just like, I don't know, just kind of... <laughs> nodding along not many thoughts rolling around in the head i wasn't 
freaking out or I was No, you were very, very I cold. I was definitely a little nervous. Sure. But you handled yourself great. Yeah, it just when it, it actually Both started. Both of you did. <laughs> yeah, it started to rain right before uh Carolina the Bridesmaids walked out. It was raining on the congregation, raining yeah. on us, the yeah. groomsmen and Uncle Bill. And then as soon as they started to walk out, it cut off. And yeah. I was like, All right. You know who I really hit it off with? I only had one long conversation with him. Hmm. Uncle Otto. Yeah. I really hit it off with that guy. No, this is a weird thing about me, and I think you know it. If somebody's a priest or a minister or any sort of preacher, man of the cloth, woman of the cloth, some reason I hit it off with them. I don't know why. I think in another life I would be a minister of some sort. Oh, yeah. But I found radio. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Well, and you know my, my beliefs, but which kind of precludes me from maybe I could be a Unitarian. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there's something about those folks who speak for a living, but also do that pastoral care. Yeah. It fascinates me. And the older I get, I mean it, man, like a few years ago, any talk of, like, marriage or kids or anything like that, I'm not bringing that up with y'all. But, I mean, I would just, well, tune out, not interested. And the older I've gotten, especially now into my 30s, people told me it would happen. The subject now really interests me. Number one, because I've made new friends who have kids, who some of them are single parents, and they're just doing the best they can. And so seeing it from somebody who's my peer, literally about my age, talk about raising a child, it, it now hits home. It makes me think about... Uh, the importance of all these things. And now marriage, like seeing, I'd been in a lot of weddings. I had a great time. Emily and Eric come on the show all the time, and I had a great time at their wedding. I loved kind of being part of the how their whole romance started and being part of the, their wedding party. But it wasn't the same as like, that's my brother. That's my uncle. You know, I keep forgetting this word. What is it called? What did he do for the wedding? Officiated? He officiated. I keep forgetting that word. Yeah. My, our Uncle Bill, the, the Catholic priest, officiated. But then uh, Caroline's Uncle Otto gave a great sermon, great talk mm-hmm. at the wedding. And he just to reiterate, he said, and he actually a lot of what he said up there in front of everybody during the wedding, he told me in our long conversation. He said that he does some counseling. And I'm sure Uncle Bill did this too, but he did some counseling. Like, what do you like about Will? What do you, Caroline? What do you like about Caroline, Will? And he said the answers y'all gave were incredibly deep and, and profound. That I'm being redundant it means the same thing. Uh, but he said, and he didn't go into this too much during the wedding, but he told me in our conversation that so many times people are like, well, she's pretty. Right. She's hot. She cooks for me. Yeah. Like, and fair enough, but I love that it wasn't just like a day of celebration. Um, it was like a great, great day. And by the way, dad told me a story while we're sitting in the Philadelphia airport. I am not, I've not slept hardly at all. I'm a little delirious to try to make it through the day. And dad tells me a story, and I'm not going to reveal because maybe people around these parts know this, but. It's this sort of situation where somebody puts out like a hundred, two hundred grand for a wedding. Yeah. And on the honeymoon, the couple gets in a fist fight. A fist fight? Yeah. And it's like annulled a week later. It's like, what what are y'all doing? (laughs) And I feel bad for the person that ponied up the money, number one. 
And I knew that wasn't going to happen with y'all, but it's like, my God, there's some people that do jump into marriage in a non-serious way. Like, I've had a, people can look it up in the podcast archive called The Great Marriage Debate. And we really did get into the uh, the divorce rates, how quickly people jump into this. They don't take it as this deep, serious commitment. A covenant mm-hmm. is the right way to really think of it. And But my, I, my verdict, I was kind of the debate moderator. We had Eric, now known as husband, sitting where you're sitting. We had Brandon, God's gift, Ross, sitting in the other chair. And uh, Brandon was against marriage. He's, uh, by the way, I think he's in a relationship now. i got to get him back on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he was going into, like, it doesn't work out, man. you got to watch out. His big point, and you don't have a lot of money. So his one of his points was all these gold diggers out there. Sure. I'm like, yeah, you're rich, you're famous, you got to watch out for that. Uh, but my verdict came down on, yes, the stats don't look good. And it's actually not our generation. And I want to give you even more hope beyond just your personal, I think, commitment, which, man, what a testament. But it was our generation's actually doing very well with family formation. I think it's something, if we want to talk about saving the country, that's, I think, one of the most important things people could do. Take starting a family and keeping a family and building one very seriously. It'll not only make you richer in life if you care about the material things, it'll make you richer in spirit. Our generation's doing pretty well, the millennial and even the Generation Z. It's folks that are in, like, Gen Xers and, you know, kind of younger boomers that are on their third or fourth divorce. And I said, but even with all these stats that it doesn't work out and all this stuff, uh, it comes back to a line, is the juice worth the squeeze? It is. The whole idea is that all these risks and people aren't statistics at the end of the day. It always comes down, and I've always felt this way about any sort of relationship, whether it's romantic or not. It's down to those two people and the relationship they build going forward. And... Even all the troubles in life, which y'all both spoke to beautifully and eloquently, it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. Going through the struggles alone is... I've done it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not worth it. And at the bottom, the bottom line is I can genuinely consider Caroline as a best friend. That's awesome. And you can see oh, couples yeah. that aren't really friends. I've seen those guys... I knew part of I knew it was so good is because you didn't act differently in front of her than you act with me. And like you're acting here tonight. Yeah. I've known guys and girls, but I more know guys. I've seen guys who just act completely differently when they're not around their significant other. They get a phone call and they get up and leave the room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just a private conversation. It's just like when you go out to dinner with a couple. It's like Mm -hmm. that dude doesn't normally act that way. Nope. Yeah, and I, I hate that stuff. And some people make it work, and it's almost like a, an understanding. Like, I know what he does. Um, but it's, uh, it's worth it. And so I didn't let it simmer too much during the best man speech. No. <laughs> no. A little, little lengthy, but it ended up being great. I had a lot of fun doing it, actually. It was from the heart. But I, I didn't expect as many laughs as I got. I was really just going to do quick from the heart and then when I felt the audience or in the crowd there assemble I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna milk this thing yeah, you got the taste of it yeah it's hard to it makes me want to start stand up man seriously give it a shot in 10 years you might be uh, you might be breaking into it <laughs> yeah I might have a podcast do what I'm doing now <laughs>